We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England standing QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle, he dives, and he's in! Touchdown, 49ers! Kittle, he's gonna go! Touchdown! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Action Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, a man who likes the end zone fumble rule, Eric Crocker. What's going on, bro? All right, so I don't want to say I like the rule, but I don't dislike the rule. Like, not, you're not the you're only somewhere one in the has, middle. You're not the only one that has, like, a strong hatred towards it. I, my thinking is, like, I just look at it as, like, not a fumble rule, right? Like, I look at it as a touchback rule. So, you know, like anything, like, there's, like, you know, little weird little things within the rules that have, like, their own little rules. Like, say, like, a, um, and I mentioned this on Twitter, but say if you if you get a an offside, right? Like, say I'm, I'm on offense, you're on defense, and I'm at your seven-yard line. And you jump off sides, it's half the distance to the goal. It's not all the way. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just look at, like, there's just these little rules within rules that kind of make things kind of, you know, where you're like, well, why I think the reason this? they do that, the half the distance stuff, is because they, they don't want a, a penalty to be the reason somebody scores a touchdown. Like, there's no play. It's just, like, penalty touchdown. So they, 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 just keep, they just keep going half, 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 half. Like, if you get on the one-yard line, then, you know, an offside, you wouldn't want that to be a touchdown. Well, um, someone someone in my mention said something that I thought was really great, right? Because, I mean, I was explaining it, and I thought I did an okay job, but somebody really summed it up much better than, than I did. And he basically said that when you're going into the end zone, like, that's my end zone, right? I'm supposed to keep you out of my end zone. So, ultimately, that end zone kind of belongs to me. So if you're the opposing team and you're trying to get into my end zone and you fumble out of my end zone where there's now there's no possession of the ball, it goes to me because I actually own that end zone. So kind of tie, you know, how there's like tie goes to the catch, right? If a corner and a receiver catches the ball simultaneously, they give the catch to the offense. Um, same thing with base running, right? In baseball, if the, Ball gets thrown to first base, and my foot steps on it at the same time as you catch it. Tie goes to the runner. 
I think this is one of those instances where where you didn't you fumbled it out into my end zone. Ty goes to me because it's my end zone. So and I was I was like, you know what? That's a great way of looking at it. Never thought about it like that, but yeah, like ultimately that is my end zone. I'm trying to keep you out of it, but that's a part of me, if that makes sense. I mean, it's one way to explain it. I think it, I still think it's dumb as fuck. Like, but, I mean, they all they also they also say that's their side of the field too. So anytime you fumble the ball on their side of the field, it's like here it's their ball now. Like I don't know. It just to me, I just think. I mean, I guess there is an element of earning the turnover because obviously you have to force the fumble, uh, you know, for it to happen. But at the same time, I just feel like somebody should have to recover the fumble, like. In any other part of the game of football, if you knock the ball out, somebody has to grab it, and it has to be theirs. And I just feel like an offense can drive 99 yards, 100 yards down the field, and they fumble on the goal line, and all of a sudden it's the other team's ball. And I just think that's I, – I don't think that necessarily – like I know when I replied to you once on Twitter, I said it should be on like the one-yard line. I don't necessarily – I think that's almost like too gracious, you know, like – I don't think that you should that there should be no penalty to fumbling the ball in the end zone, but I I don't think that it should be an automatic turnover because it just seems like I, okay I, I, I got a little extreme maybe I don't I don't know where to I got something for you then say you are at your your own uh, two yard line right so you have to drive ninety eight yards and you hand off to the running back. I punch the ball out and it and it fumbles and goes out the back of the end zone. Do you think that should be a safety or do you think that the offense, since nobody recovered it, should get the ball back where at the line of scrimmage or whatever? Uh, I mean, I could see that going either way. No, you can't. It's the same thing. Nobody recovered it. It just went out well, the back of the end zone. That's what I'm in the process of saying. It's like nobody recovered it, so the ball went out of bounds, so then you just – keep the play going or to keep the drive what? going. Nah, man, I, I just don't crazy. like imaginary stuff. Like the ball goes out of bounds. So somebody <laughs> else gets it. Like I just, it doesn't, it doesn't interest me. Like, it's like, I want somebody to have to, you know, like get the ball, you know, it's like giving, awarding somebody a possession when they never got the ball. They, they forced it out and it was on the ground and it rolled, but you never got the ball. Like, I, I don't know. It's like I don't I don't pretend to have all the answers. You know, I don't pretend to know what a better solution is. That's the big thing. It's like if I'm going to sit here and bitch about the end zone rule, you know, my first thing was let's say it's third and one and you're on the one-yard line about to score and then you fumble the ball into the back of the, in the end zone and then all of a sudden you're forced to go to the 20-yard line. Like that's not cool. That sucks. Like it seems like that is a more appropriate penalty than oh, the other team score. magically gets the ball. But you still can score. Like, no, you fumble. Like, you lost possession of the ball. That's the thing. Yeah, you lost fumbles possession. happen all the time on all aspects of the football field. Like, I, it's just, I, it just yeah. seems too extreme. Like, it's but too you far. Lost, you lost possession of the ball. Like, now you physically don't have possession of the ball. Like, I don't Neither have, does the don't other have team, though. Neither yeah. does the other team. But if you fumble out of bounds, you keep possession. If you fumble out of the end zone, it now goes to me. Yeah, and I, I don't think that makes any sense. Uh, I think it does. No, I don't think so, man. Oh, man, okay. And I, if I did a Twitter poll, I think the most people would agree with me. But that, Whoops, I smacked my, my mute button. I think a lot. Of, I think most people would agree agree with me, but that doesn't necessarily make it right because a lot of people listen to Taylor Swift, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I just think there's hey, a who, better solution. What's wrong with huh? Taylor Swift? Like me, uh, I, I just think I don't like yeah. like really like cookie cutter music, you know, okay. that's like you can tell there's a lot of music out there that's made solely to be a hit on the radio. It's not like the lyrics aren't interesting. They aren't intense. They aren't meaningful. It's like here's music that is going to be po- uh, real catchy and it's going to be great on the radio. It's going to make you a lot of money. And let's just knock these albums out. Let's get them out. Let's get them out there. You know, let's make these catchy songs. It's almost like Disney music. You know, like it's like it's made to just be super catchy, and then we're on to the next song. You know, and gotcha. I don't know. I have kind of like a, a deeper attachment to music than that. Right. Well, you're an artist, so. I guess. I'm, that just makes them weird. Uh, yeah, creative. 
<laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what the, that's what we'll call it. We'll call it creative. So, <clears throat> but anyways, obviously, anyone listening to this knows the 49ers aren't doing shit right now. They're at home. They're chilling. Uh, it's the playoffs. And this weekend we had Rams versus Packers, Ravens versus Bills, Browns versus Chiefs, Bucks versus Saints. I mean, the, I mean, I guess the game. I'm trying to think. Was the Rams versus? I mean, I felt like the Rams versus Packers was exactly what we expected it to be. Like, yeah. I, I kind of expected the Packers to whoop up on the Rams. Yeah. It, you know, like I think every game. Um, someone in my in my DMs, yeah, asked me. Um, you know, my guy Jose, and he said, uh, he said, um, who do you like this weekend? And he said he got the Packers, Ravens, Chiefs, and Saints. And I said, Packers, I put Bulls, but I meant Bills. Packers, Bills, Chiefs, Bucks. So it went exactly how I thought it would go as far as the teams that won. Now, uh, the more I, like, kind of listen to guys talk, you know, pregame, you know, pregame talk before the uh, Browns-Chiefs game, I was like, oh, can the Chiefs actually lose this game to the Browns? Because, you know, the, the, when you start talking about the run game, how well Baker Mayfield had been playing. And Baker Baker played very well this game. If it weren't for that, you know, the reason why we had that big discussion about the whole, you know, fumbling out the end zone. But that touchback, that changed a lot of things and made it not be as – well, it still kind of was interesting at the end of the game. But that was a big play right there. Big play. Um, obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes went out, you know, with a head injury, which was the weirdest concussion I've ever seen. I'm like, dude, I watched the replay, and I'm like, his head never hit the ground. But he got up, and I'm like, dude looks drunk. Like, he was super wobbly. I think the ball hit the ground, and his head hit the ball. Okay. If it, I was I was look because I saw you say that and I was looking at the same thing and I'm like man like he didn't get hit in the head and his head doesn't even look like it hit the ground I think the ground hit the ball and his and his and his head hit the ball right as the ball was hitting the ground which I mean if you I mean obviously you've held an NFL football they're not very soft and they're not very uh like you can't like squeeze them that much so I mean it, that could snap your head back pretty hard. Um, I think that's what happened. But obviously, like, yeah, he looked drunk, man. It took, like, two or three guys to get him up off the ground. And, yeah. he, and he was looking at him like he just had a long night at the bar. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like he got choked unconscious or something. I, I don't know. It was, like, the weirdest thing. And, I, you know, I tweeted out, like, like I've never seen somebody get choked into a concussion. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there were people that were like, uh, oh, this is a rookie take. It uh, doesn't take. I don't know, forcible contact. I don't know. It was weird. But anyways, I had never seen anything like that. People so. are so weird, bro. All these doctors just in your mention. <laughs> I saw the movie Concussion with Will Smith. <laughs> right. It's it's whatever, man. I think, well, and, and what's weird, too, have you ever had a concussion, Crocker? Uh, yeah. Um, so I know that I've had one one for sure, <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure I had another one. Uh, one was a uh, spring ball of my sophomore year in junior college. During spring ball, we don't have hel- we didn't have helmets on or anything like that. And dude caught a slant. First of all, his name was uh, VA uh, Vince Andrews. He was like five nine, one hundred ninety pounds, just rock solid. You know, ran a four four flat, like just the most explosive dude. Well, this little strong muscle head caught a slant <laughs> on me and like was just really aggressive. Me and him used to go at it in practice. Like, I mean, obviously it was a healthy uh, uh, comparative type thing. We of never course, of course. Yeah, we never got in a fight. But, I mean, we went at it in practice. And he caught the slant and, like, just swung his elbow, like, hella hard. And it yeah. caught me right under my eye socket. And it fractured my eye. And I thought my eye was coming out. Like, I, I got hit so hard. I was on the ground like, did my eye come out? Did my eye come out? <laughs> Right. Like, so you did you break your orbital bone? Yeah, and I was damn. on the ground. I, okay. I didn't know. I, I didn't know what what was going on. So I'm on the ground. And I'm like, God damn. So then I'm like, okay, just go to the locker, change, just go home, <laughs> right? So I'm laying on the ground. I'm like, golly, I'm thinking my eye came out, and then I'm trying to walk to the locker room, and I'm like having to hold the gate to hold myself up. And I'm like, damn, what the hell is wrong with me? 
So then I lay down in the um in the locker room. I just lay on on this little uh bench thing. I just start throwing up everywhere. And I'm like, what the heck? Oh, is yeah. there you go. So then I um I waited like and I was just like, okay, just shake it off, put some clothes on, and go home. So I go to get in my car. And the whole time I'm walking over there, like, I'm woozy. I can't even look up. Like, I can't hold my head up. Like, I have to, like, hold my head down and try to look out. I'm like, gosh, what the heck is wrong with me? So I get in my car, and I realize, Eric, you can't drive home. Like, so I had to call. I had to call my mom to come get me. My mom came get me, took me to the hospital, and then that was when they told me, like, yeah, you, you broke this bone or whatever, and you have a concussion. So, that time I definitely I definitely had a concussion. And, and then the other time when I was in the ninth grade, we did the I think it's called Oklahoma drills where you lay flat and you pop oh, up. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the so, shit you're not allowed to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing Oklahoma drills and again, I'm going head up first of all, if anybody most people listening to this didn't know me when I was a freshman in high school, but I was a freshman, Sunnyside High School in Fresno. And um hell No shit. Yeah, I'm with the Sunnyside. My dad and, went to Sunnyside. Did he? Yep. That's an old yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, so I went to Sunnyside. And, um, like, I mean, when I was a freshman, I was, like, 5'4", like, uh, like 100 pounds barely. And I'm going head up with this line, this running back who's hella strong, hella fast, right? So we do the drill, boom. And me and some of my homies, and we're actually still cool to this day. Like, we message each other on social media and stuff. But we're walking home, and – me and Joseph, we get to joking or whatever. And he was like, oh, I rocked you, Croc. I rocked you. Like, I hit you hard. And I was like, man, at least I didn't fall down. And they looked at me. They're like, what? You were laying on the ground for like five minutes. What? <laughs> I had no idea that I was out for five minutes. So I don't know if I was just out or if I just didn't remember it. But I'm pretty sure I had a concussion. Wow. Yeah, that dude, that's crazy. At least I didn't fall down. <laughs> yeah, at least I didn't fall down. They're like, what are you talking about? You're down for like five minutes. <laughs> dude, my concussion story isn't nearly as cool, man. It was only a few years ago. That ain't nearly as cool. And it ain't even football related. How did you get one a few years ago? I was, uh, and you're going to trip. Because obviously as a as a coach, I don't know if you've had to, but I have to do concussion training every single year. You know, I, I know the symptoms of a concussion. And I was a medical officer in the Army, so – like, I, I know very, very well all the symptoms of a concussion. I've seen them in people and stuff, but I've never had a concussion. So here we are. I'm with my little sister and my little brother at Six Flags Magic Mountain. And I'm on the ride called X2. And if you've never been on this ride or you're not and you're not, you haven't been to Six Flags, you haven't been in this ride. What it does is it is it follows the tracks of this roller coaster, obviously, but not only does the ride follow the tracks, but the the seats move in their own way. And it's mechanical, so the ride designers choose which way the seats face at any given part of the ride. Well, there's this one part where it's this huge drop and you're going straight down. And I'm, as we're dropping down, I'm leaning forward to look down because I want to see the ride going down. So I'm leaning forward to look down, and then as... The, the ride dips forward. So it's like the ride, like when I got close to the ground, it dips forward. And then as the ride dipped forward to go to go straight, the, the chairs also rotated backwards so that you went from like seated up to like reclined. And it like happened all at the same time. So I'm leaning forward, looking down. The roller coaster shoots forward and then the chairs rotate backwards. And I just had the meanest whiplash ever. <laughs> And it threw my head into the back of the seat, and it's it's padded, but it threw my head back there against the seat so hard that I instantly, like, like my vision, like, flashed white. I got a brutal headache, and I just, like, was just, like, shocked. Like, it was like I've never experienced it before. And then I get off the ride. It was towards the end of the ride. I get off the ride, and all of a sudden, the sound of the roller coasters going is, like, driving me insane. I don't want to take off my sunglasses because the sun's too damn bright. Like, and, like, I felt like – I never threw up, but I felt super sick. And I'm, like, I'm like thinking of all these things or I'm noticing all these things, and I'm like, God damn, I have a, I have a concussion right now. 
because I'm I know all the symptoms and, yeah. I, and I've studied them for years. And I'm like, did I really just get a concussion on that ride? And my head hurt like hell, like it hurt yeah. a lot. And I uh, so I went. I was I was kind of blowing it off. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I went on a uh, another ride. I can't. I think it's called Tatsu, where you're actually like flying like Superman kind of. And the whole ride, I was just miserable because it was just too loud. Like the noise oh. of the roller coaster was just too loud. And I, I tried to go on a couple more rides after that, but eventually I just ended up sitting it out for like two or three hours of the rest of the day because it was just driving me nuts. And I even had to avoid part of the the park because in the middle of of Six Flags is Superman the ride, and all it does is shoot you straight up into the air. But for some reason, that ride is super loud. And I couldn't even be around it because it was too loud. I felt like a big bitch, but I knew that that something was wrong. It was a trip. Oh uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's not nearly as cool as getting knocked knocked down on the football field and then waking up five minutes later. But I mean, it's something. <laughs> right. It's all I got these days. So, anyways, some more playoff football. Yeah. The the so. Rams and, and Packers, Packers outclassed the Rams pretty handedly. It was about what I thought it was going to be. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked amazing. Uh, him and Devontae Adams still managed to get in the end zone, even though Devontae Adams didn't have the huge game he's been having. I was a little surprised by the Ravens, to be honest. And and watching that Ravens game, Ravens lost 17-3. to And I kept thinking about what we talked about. Like, Lamar Jackson just looks so uncomfortable. And you could tell that the Ravens said, or excuse me, the Bills said, okay, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure Lamar Jackson does not run. And yeah. they did a super good job of it, and they only managed three points. You know, like you a 49ers backups did better than that. Yeah, well, you got to make, you got to make, you got to make Lamar Jackson have to throw. And part of it wasn't. You know, it wasn't all Buffalo just firing on all cylinders. But in the, in the playoffs, when the playoffs come, like, everything just gets harder. Everything just, like, you know, anticipates. So if if you can't figure out how to make plays, like, you don't want to be limited, like, and one-dimensional in the playoffs. Uh, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to throw the ball. And, you know, you saw Lamar Jackson, like, on the goal line is third and ten. Uh, from from like the ten yard line, and now you have to throw. And he didn't see the underneath defender just popped there, so he threw a pick six. I mean, that was pretty much that was a fourteen point swing. That's that stopped the 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 Ravens from scoring a touchdown, and it got returned the other way for a touchdown. Like that was the that was it right there. And uh, yeah, nah, the, I think Buffalo their game plan was really good because I want to say maybe Baltimore. They might have got that three points on like the first drive of the game and didn't score for the rest of the game. Maybe, maybe I could be, I could be wrong there, but I just remember them marching down the field to start the game pretty, pretty good. And then after that, it was just, or did they miss a field goal? I think Tucker might have missed a field goal. Tucker missed some field goals too. That hurt them as well. Yeah, he did. He missed two of them. I think he missed two of them. Yeah. So, nah, but that was a, that was a really good game. I was, I, I was, Super locked into that. I like defensive games. You know, I hate that. Like people be like, "Oh man, these are crappy offenses." And sometimes it's like it's not so much crappy offense. It's just the defense might be playing well. Dude, that goes back to what we were talking about, man. We, me and Crocker. Okay, quick story, and then we're gonna get a little break from our sponsors. Me and Crocker were both at training camp. We're standing there watching the game, and or watching. Excuse me, we're watching watching camp, watching the 49ers offense go against the 49ers defense. And I think it was like a pass breakup by Akello Witherspoon, or it might have been an interception. And this was a couple years ago when fans were still allowed at camp. And we're watching it, and I think Akello picked it off. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna go with that. He picks it off, and you could hear the fans behind us just go, ah, dang, ah, boo. I mean, like, you know, typical reaction. And and we, me and Crocker just laughing about the fact that. The defense never gets to make plays. It's just the offense that's screwing up. Right. And and it's just such a funny outlook for me, especially for you. I mean, you are a defensive back. So it's like I, I just thought it was such a funny thing for us to talk about. It's like, man, nobody ever – like nobody's going to cheer for the fact that Akella Witherspoon just picked that ball off. Like 
That's a good thing. Yep. Do, do both sides of the ball nope, not get not, to make not plays? When it, offense, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was just funny to me. Maybe I think it's funnier than it is. That, that, that's what they but say, though, right? They people definitely offense. have their have their outlook on on games and the fact that it really should be an offensive offensive dominated league. That's just kind of just kind of the the, the you always you know, and you guys know it. Whenever there's a a, a fifty to forty five game. Everybody's like, oh, that was a great game. And then both defensive coordinators are on the sideline losing their mind. You know, and it's it's like there can be good games that aren't high scoring. But I understand that it comes to comes to a point where people just want to see exciting plays. And I get that. But there's definitely a side where, you know, the defense is making plays and they're doing their thing to shut it down. And that's that to me is is uh is value in and of itself. So let's get a uh, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors. We've got we've got someone new to the game today. We've got Action Network. All right, now listen, folks. Super Bowl is coming up just a few weeks away, and sure, we'll all be watching the game. But the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors. It's called the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go, bet smarter, and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network PRO subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network PRO subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all all the professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our listeners at Striking Gold can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to ActionNetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code, code GOLD. Okay, so that's the code, guys, GOLD. And that will let them know that you are a Striking Gold listener signing up for an Action Network pro subscription. This offer won't last long. So go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for their pro subscription. And remember, use the promo code GOLD to receive 50% off and start betting smarter. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. 
You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gold, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G-O-L-D. All right, so in addition, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit. We also, we, we talked we talked Rams, Packers, we talked Ravens, Bills. Today we had Browns and Chiefs and Bucks and Saints. And the and you had mentioned it earlier, the, the Chiefs game, Chiefs and Browns game almost got real weird. Because they had Patrick Mahomes had that concussion and he got out for the game and it really really looked like the Browns were gonna you know kind of orchestrate a game winning drive and beat the Chiefs in the playoffs in a game that you know because the Chiefs only scored three points in the entire second half yeah. if if Patrick Mahomes is is at least around for a little bit more than that and he got hurt in the, I think he got hurt in the third quarter it it just it would have been a crappy way for the Chiefs to lose. You know, it's not that the Browns wouldn't have done what they needed to do to win, but it would have still been a crappy way for the Chiefs to lose. But when that happened, I was like, well, the Browns still have to score against the Chiefs' defense, and they were struggling to even do that. And and they couldn't. And they couldn't. And Andy Reid, you know, for lack of a better way of saying this, Briefly had to had to pull down his his drawers and show us how big his stones are <laughs> with with those with that fourth down call to seal the game. But I don't know, man. What what were your takeaways from that game? Anything out of the ordinary? Yeah, man. Uh, not not so much out of the ordinary, but just the thought process on. No, no, no. Talk and you might have been about to talk about this, but you tweeted about it. Talk about all the things you were saying about Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's what I was getting to. Um, the thought process with Andy Reid, man, like, just his aggressive nature. And, I, you know, I tweeted out, you know, just talking about, like, the stones that he has and how that ultimately, you know, contributed to him beating the 49ers. If People probably forget this, but they went for it on fourth down a few times in that 49ers game. On fourth and, like, one, um, several times. One time, uh, I think both times they did it, it led to a touchdown. So, you know, his aggressive nature, like, I remember seeing that and being like, damn, like, that's what it takes to win. Like, you just have to have big balls. And, again, sometimes it's not going to work. But their thought process isn't – I don't think his thought process is, what if this doesn't work? I think his thought process is, this is going to fucking work. So whether it was the fourth downs that he went – he went to four on fourth down – even before that last play, right, the last play stands out. But I want to say on the earlier drive where they ended up kicking the field goal, they went for it on fourth down and, and picked it up maybe twice. Um, I talked about it in, you know, the 49ers uh, Super Bowl game where they went fourth down a couple of times. But ultimately it's just their way of doing things. And that aggressive nature isn't just in the games. It's a mindset that it seems like they take on with – their, you know, the way they run their organization. They moved up 17 picks to get Patrick Mahomes. Like, that was an aggressive move to move from pick 27 to pick 10 to get a quarterback. And the thought process wasn't, well, we're safe with uh, uh, Alex Smith. We can go to the divisional round and we can do this. And, and Alex Smith was just coming off like his best year of his career ever. It was like, nah, man, like, we can be better. We can take this to the next level. And we're not going to worry about, oh, well, what if it doesn't work, you know, us trading up to get this quarterback? What if it doesn't work out? Like, nah, like, 
we're not going to worry about that. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. But right now, we want to upgrade at this position and get somebody more talented that can take us to the top. And ultimately, it's resulted in three straight AFC championship appearances. So, um, and a Super Bowl win. And a guy that was a league MVP and Super Bowl MVP. So, again, this isn't like a shot at the 49ers or anything like that. But it is a shot at, like, just the league. You have to be aggressive. And we've seen it with him. Obviously, the Patriots haven't had to be as aggressive with some of the things they've done because over the last 20 years, they've had a guy named, I don't know, Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you have Tom Brady, that kind of takes away from a lot of the, you know, the pressure of making those type of decisions. But ultimately, man, like that's what stood out to me, really more so than anything else this weekend, just the willingness and aggressiveness by the Chiefs and then kind of thinking about how it's not just today. Like that's been – what they've done over the last few years since even going back to acquiring Patrick Mahomes. So I, I just have to really, you know, big time salute to, to Andy Reid. And again, I mean, he's only won one Super Bowl in I don't know how many years. I mean, he's been the coach for a long time. But when you have that type of aggressive mindset, I think more times than not, you'll put yourself in position to, uh, um, you know, make it to the big dance, make it to the big game. And we saw that with Philadelphia. I mean, he went to four straight. And he went to four straight NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl. Like he's been he's been aggressive, and obviously it didn't always play out. But I think everybody respects him to the highest degree. He's pretty much going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, I guess. Uh, whenever he decides to hang it up, I just really like a lot. There's a lot to like about Andy Reid, and I think everybody just looks at oh one Super Bowl win, like oh, oh my gosh. But to me, it's just having consistent success in the NFL at the highest level. And that's difficult in itself. That's, and that's a good point, dude. It's, it's, I really, I, I understand. And it's a, it's a, it's a monumental accomplishment to win the Super Bowl. But I hate when people say that because somebody wins Super Bowl, then they're not hall of fame worthy or they're not a great player. Like that comes up way too often. I'm like, dude, like <laughs> there's just so much more that goes into the game of football and the NFL and, being great, a great player. Like there's so many phenomenal players in this game that never won a Super Bowl. Like it's like, it's, it's silly. I hate when they say that, but anyways, you were mentioning aggressiveness. And even though the, we didn't really go into the Bucks, uh, Saints game. I mean, if you want a rundown, Tom Brady played pretty good. Uh, Drew Brees played like shit. He's through like two, two or three <laughs> interceptions. He retired. He looked like somebody who was about to retire. He looked like somebody who was about to hang it up. <laughs> and that was it. That was the game. It was, yeah. it was, it was obvious in that game, as heartbreaking, as heartbreaking as it is to say, it was obvious that Drew Brees was done from both maybe a mental, but definitely a physical standpoint. Like they just, anytime he wanted to push the ball more than 15 yards down the field, it was a chore. So, and hey, I, I'm not hating on the guy, dude. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer, 20 year NFL career, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. But in this moment, he was he was done. So it was, you know, you guys listening, if you watched the game, you saw that. So, anyways, aggressiveness, Crocker, aggressiveness. Yeah, this Deshaun Watson stuff is actually picking up. It's a thing. We, we kind of we started out this conversation, kind of laughing about it. Kind of being like, yeah, right. Ain't nobody in their right mind going to get rid of Deshaun Watson. And then, you know, there's nobody. We're like, oh, nobody really is, is talking about this too much. Uh, maybe we should just pump the brakes. And then, then Adam Schefter starts tweeting about it. And he even said today during the game, during the Buck Saints game, that the that they're, per his source, that actually I think it was an ESPN reporter, per her source, that the Texans have already started having internal discussions about where they would like to train Deshaun Watson and what their quarterback situation would look like without him and what they would do. Like, damn, Deshaun Watson might actually be available. Yeah, and, I mean, I think that's the that's the first sign. When you hear it from Adam Schefter, you know, that's the first sign that makes it something that is real. Guys, I think people kind of like, blocked out this whole uh, situation that happened, what, last year, where Schefter has started reporting, hey, you know, Tom Brady, he put his up, he put his house up for sale. Like, you know, there is a chance that 
he's not with the Patriots next year. And everybody was like, come on, man. Like, Tom Brady, like, get out of here, right? And sure enough, that ended up, you know, really being the case. I think this is something that is along those same lines where, you know, I mean, we've all noticed that he's disgruntled, but them starting to have those conversations, I I think that's a real thing. And, you know, I – we just talked about being aggressive, and I knew that's where you're going uh, with this. But hey, we're on we're on the same page here, bro. You know what I'm saying? The the 49ers need to be aggressive in this situation. Uh, you know, I talked about the the, the Chiefs and their their scenario, and they're not in this position right now if they're not aggressive. And you know, I just think you you gotta you, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. <laughs> Now, to kind of expand on that is one aspect of this whole scenario that actually works in favor of the 49ers is Deshaun Watson's contract has a no-trade clause. Now, for those that don't know this, that does not mean that you cannot be traded. It means that the person – and it's funny because they call it a no-trade clause – it means that the player has to agree on the destination that he's being traded to. So, and and the reason I say that works in favor of the 49ers is because the 49ers are obviously a marquee destination for many, many reasons. Uh, the main ones being they have a lot of talent on the team and they, um, you know, they have Kyle Shanahan. And, and Kyle Shanahan is, is viewed as one of, if not the best play caller in the league. You know, the, the 49ers also have a few downsides in the fact that Deshaun Watson would be giving up millions and millions and millions of dollars to live in California um, in, in, you know, in, in taxes, shout out to California, but, um, and, and one of the teams that he's already made mention of, of, I don't remember how he made mention to them, but the Miami dolphins, he mentioned, you know, kind of wanting to play for the dolphins and they have no sales tax. So there's a little bit of a, uh, and I'm, somebody was on Twitter saying like, Oh man, it's, you know, we pay extra taxes because we live in a super cool area that's got, you know, beaches and deserts and mountains and lakes and, and cool cities. And I'm like, and all I replied to it was with, was like, hey, do you know what 13% of 40 million is? And, and I, I never heard back. So it's, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of money. So it's a very, very real factor of this. So anybody out there that's like, oh, man, I mean, are the taxes really that big of a deal? Yes, they're a huge deal. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So there's that. But, again, from a pure football standpoint, the 49ers are a great destination. Um, Deshaun Watson, I'm sure the 49ers, uh, you know, taxes included, the 49ers are probably still really high on Deshaun Watson's list of teams he'd like to play with if things don't get repaired with the Texans. Um, I don't think big- that the taxes would be – I mean, obviously, it is a real thing. And I I think if you are – if it's down to two teams and you kind of look at those scenarios evenly, yeah, like, that might come into play. But in a situation like this right now, like, you know, and I know he said that, that you know, Miami might be a destination that he'd like to play in. But I think, yeah, it would almost – like, if you look at Miami over the 49ers – I think that's a little silly. That would be a little silly of, of him. Like, there, there's no way, you know, depending on what I want the trajectory of my career to be, and it seems like he's really serious with those – like, he cares, right? He he clearly cares. Otherwise, he wouldn't be throwing this hissy fit that he's throwing right now. Um, I, if, you, if you want your career to really take off the way it seems like he wants it to, then there's no way I'd go anywhere or I would want to choose Miami over – the 49ers. I agree with that. No, I, I mean, if obviously the, no, no, I, this, this gets us into another topic though, is, you know, you, like we mentioned this before, you insert Deshaun Watson into the 49ers right now. And you're looking at, you know, a Super Bowl favorite instantly. That's just what the talk will be of San Francisco. Or at least it, uh, uh, like, at least, at the very least, NFC West favorites. Like at the very least, NFC. Right. Which but I mean, knowing how good the NFC West is, being an NFC yeah. West favorite is, you know, right. It's a it's a big deal. But 
This is one thing, and I know you noticed this too, Croc. The one thing that a lot of you guys are going to have to get out of your heads. I already saw people tweeting out which players are off limits when it came to a trade for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, the people on that list were obvious. George Kittle, Fred Warner, um, Nick Bosa. You know, I saw some Javon Kinlaws. I saw some Brandon Ayukes. Guys, <laughs> nobody is off limits when you're talking about trading for an elite 25-year-old quarterback. Like, and if you don't want to call him elite because you're weird, then very, 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 very good. 25-year-old quarterback. Like, if Jimmy's if Jimmy Garoppolo is top 16, you know, maybe right around 16, Deshaun Watson is top six? I don't know. That's yeah. just off my head. Right? And, and once you're in that, in that range of being top six, anything, especially at the quarterback position, because really it's – there's like a top eight – and, and anywhere that, in there, you're good to go. Yeah, and then after that, that, it's yeah. kind of guys like, you know, that aren't, yeah. After that, it kind of falls off a little bit to where they're just kind of more average guys. So when and, you're talking about top top eight guys, for sure, top eight, and you look at well, the, and Like you and I talked about that one time, the, distant, the, the difference between like a top maybe six guy and a top maybe like 12 guy is usually consistency. Like right. – the top 12 guy sometimes will play like a top five guy, but then sometimes he'll play like a bottom five guy, you know, and that really is usually what separates a lot of these quarterbacks is the, the top quarterbacks are consistently good. Um, you know, and, and everybody else below them might have flashes of greatness, but you have to do it consistently. So the point I was, I was starting to make is there's no, there's nobody off limits when you're talking about somebody like Deshaun Watson. It, it, there just isn't like, and if you're going to make someone off living off limits, then the trade will pl- probably not work out. Right. Because the moment you start to tell another, like you're coming after their starting quarterback that led the league in receiving yards this year. Passing. Yeah. 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 Yes. My bad. Right. 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 Led the league in passing yards this year and is proven to be just a, as dynamic as they get. In my opinion, just, I mean, maybe a shred lower, but just almost as dynamic as Patrick Mahomes. Like, Deshaun Watson has done some unreal stuff, too. So, it's like, is there really, is there a limit to trying to secure a player like that and and the benefits they're going to bring your organization? Like, to me, it's like, there are no players off limits. Like, the 49ers defense just spent all last season with without Nick Bosa and was still solid. Now we'll see how much of that was because of Robert Sala, but D'Amico Ryan's is pretty well regarded too. We'll see how he does. But the 49ers just spent all last season without Nick Bosa and we're still a pretty solid defense. You right. keep that same exact setup and all of a sudden Deshaun Watson is on the offense and holy shit. Like you're winning football games and going to the playoffs and stuff. So like I understand that everybody loves Nick Bosa, and he was very, very good. And that's just a name I kind of picked up for an example. But he's not off limits, and he shouldn't be. Like right. you, you don't. And this, I think I mentioned this last episode. These aren't fantasy football trades where you get to offer offer a bunch of shitty players and hope to get a great one in return. Like this is the <laughs> NFL, and there's going to be a bunch of other teams that all want Deshaun Watson probably 20-something of them, and you have to make sure your offer is better than every single one of them. You don't just get to get away with bullshit offers, folks. Yeah. Like, you don't. And, and, and I think just just in the grand scheme of things, like I, I talk about not compromising like anything to get a, uh, a quarterback who I feel could be the guy, right? So whether it's draft picks or a player or whatever, like – if if you feel like you're getting that guy, you you need to move some pieces. Now I get it. Like I wouldn't move Nick Bosa for, you know, oh, I want to get Trevor Lawrence. So like nah, man. Like because I don't know what Trevor Lawrence is gonna be. So I, I know what Bosa is. Like I probably wouldn't trade that or you know package him for that. Maybe I would, but maybe I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's not a guarantee. But I know what Deshaun Watson is. 
I know he's an explosive passer. He's a terrific athlete. He's a baller. And I know that he helps me on a play-to-play basis more than Nick Bosa does. Now, again, Nick Bosa is very impactful, especially on defense. He is the best. I thought he was the best player on 49ers defense, even with DeForest Buckner. But we've seen that even if you have a guy who's uh, all pro uh, defensive lineman and very impactful double-digit sacks like two years in a row, like he gets traded, captain of your team. He was traded. So There's only one position that I think is more important than Nick Bosa. It's not a quarterback. <laughs> right. You know, it's just not that complicated, man. Like Deshaun Watson and Kyle Shanahan's offense – now there is there there obviously is, is some things that there are other domino effects. All of a sudden you're taking now there, the world of acquiring Deshaun Watson really doesn't exist without an exit from Jimmy Garoppolo. But let, you know if, if you, you're talking about it, let's say you know Jimmy Garoppolo was due something like 27 million this year, 26 million. I think Deshaun Watson now his cap number I don't think, but I'm just kind of speaking in more general terms. I think. You know, Deshaun Watson's contract has him around, you know, $39 million average. There's obviously going to be a big swing there, and there's going to be some players that aren't going to be able to resign. And But the, the point being, you don't just get to acquire an, you know, premier quarterback talent without suffering something, you know, unless you're just lucky like the Chiefs and you drafted him and he turns out to just be this amazing all-star. And even then, like the Chiefs have, I don't know how many more cheap years they have with Patrick Mahomes, but then he becomes $45 million a year. So they're going to start to suffer a little bit. And it's going to be on Patrick Mahomes to elevate himself to, uh, to to keep that team afloat. And I don't know, man. I just I feel like the 49ers need to, if it's up to me, I'm putting together the most competitive offer I can stomach from day one. Yeah. You know, like if it's you Nick Bosa that, and two first-round picks, then it is what it is. I think you start with just picks, right? So, or, of course, or of course. Have a conversation of, all right, what are you looking for? Well, you know, we're looking for X, Y, Z. And, you know, maybe we can't do Z, but I'll give you X, Y, and Y. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> so you know you start to negotiate. Obviously, you don't want to be like disrespectful in the negotiations to where they just jump on maybe something else that somebody else is offering. But I will say this about the Forty ers and I want to say we said on the last podcast they have been very aggressive, like throughout the years, whether it was trading up for somebody or trading for people. They they John Lynch came out, and I don't feel like you can come out and say something if it's not true, at least to this extent, to say we felt like we gave a better offer. We we extended a better offer to the Raiders for Khalil Mack, and they turned it down. You know, like that shows. And I thought what the what the Raiders got from, you know, from the, uh, from, uh, the Bears was a, you know, really good trade. You're saying that you did better than that or you felt like you did. So clearly – they have the willing they they have the willingness to be aggressive in this situation, and I, they know if we're having these conversations every single day on Twitter, if people are having these conversations every single day on on TV on podcasts, they're having some sort of conversation about this in Santa Clara or over Zoom, <laughs> however they're doing it. So I wouldn't be. Uh, you know, I, I know there are a lot of people. The thing I see is there's a lot of fans like, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it's like, dude, he has to get traded somewhere if if this is really a, a real thing. Some team is going to get him. So why can't it be the 49ers when they are one of the teams that have shown a big-time willingness to acquire guys that they really want, however, or or at least put in, you know, some really good offers. So. Um, yeah, I know this is going to be something we'll be talking about all the way up until the new league year starts, but uh, I'm definitely intrigued by this, and I think, you know, the news that came out today reported by Adam Schefter a couple of different times, one in an article, one in just a tweet, this is a real thing. I'm going to start seeing a bunch of 49ers fans tweeting, I'm I'm hearing that the 49ers are in the run for Deshaun Watson. 
<laughs> I'm hearing it. Uh, little rumblings, birdies and stuff. Um, to me, what you said earlier about people going like just randomly replying like, oh, there's no way the 49ers get to Sean. Like, that's to me, that's always been like such chicken shit. Like, are the odds good that the 49ers land to Sean Watson? No. Of course not. That's there's there's going to be a shit ton of teams going after him. But is it a possibility? Yes. It are it, you know? Does it look like Deshaun Watson's going to get traded to somebody? Yes. The 49ers will be in the running. You know, it'll be up to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to close it out with an offer that they can't refuse. But to just it's almost like when the draft rolls around, and there's like there's no way the 49ers are going to be able to get. This player, Jerry Judy, right? And that then, was the thing, right? Like, there's no way Jerry Judy lasts to pick twelve, uh, thirteen. And right, sure enough, it's same thing for Ceedee Lamb too. And they were it, both it, there, and the right. Right. And it's just like, like, and and it's like not even like you're not even saying something important. You're not even saying anything worth a damn. Like, you're saying like it's like me saying like. I don't know. I don't can't even think of a good example. It's just like you're already you're saying something that like the odds are already saying that. Like like the odds of the 49ers landing Deshaun Watson are nine to one or whatever however that works. So the odds are not good, and you're just repeating what everybody else already knows. It, it's just it's worthless shit. So I don't I don't know, man. You get what I'm saying. It's just like yeah, you're not bringing anything to the table. You're saying mindless shit and cool, man. Thanks for wasting our time. But the Deshaun Watson situation is, is weird. Anytime that the situation changes, we're going to talk about it on here because it's it's relevant. Like, at first, I was really hesitant to talk about it. It was kind of, like, funny to me. But now it's become real. And, I mean, sure, the 49ers have other avenues they can go. You know, and they're going to have to analyze that. They're going to have to say, look, how much is it going to cost us to get Matt Stafford? How much is it going to cost us to trade up for this rookie quarterback? How much is it going to cost us to trade up for this rookie quarterback? How much is it going to cost us to land Deshaun Watson? Realistically. And they're going to have to look at all these things and say, which one of these is best for our ability to win football games? And, you know, and, the, and they'll have to decide. And all those things are going to have to be considered. But if, if the Texans really are talking about trading Deshaun Watson, then the 49ers would be negligent to not – be putting together an offer. Right. That's all there is to it. You, And so would 20 other NFL teams, maybe 25. You know, you put together an offer. If they don't take it, they don't take it. But if you just sit there and act like you don't have any, you know, like there's 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 no way that this can happen, that's just negligence. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's just crazy to think about. Like players that good don't become available very often, right? That's yep. that's some crazy shit. I think, and that's I think that's the way I would look at it. And I'm pretty sure that's the way they're looking at it. They they said, you know, they wouldn't move on from Jimmy unless there was a clear upgrade. And I think this is a clear upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I'd say at the very least, 49ers will look into it. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll look into it. They'll look. But we'll see how far it goes. When's the new league year? Isn't it usually like March or something? Yeah, like early March. Early March. Yeah, this is going to be a long month and a half. Yeah. A long month and a half. All right, everybody. I think I think we did our thing. Hopefully you get to start your week off right with a little striking gold. Um, don't forget to hit up Action Network. And if you do, if betting's your thing, make sure you use the code GOLD because that is a direct reflection of us here at Striking Gold. They will know every time a Striking Gold listener um, signs up for uh, for Action Network. So don't forget to give that a shot. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for chilling. Thanks for being around. Only, uh, uh, you know, two more weekends of NFL football. Not two weeks, but two individual weekends of NFL football. So try and enjoy them because – We'll be back in that, that slump of not having any football here pretty quick. So enjoy these last two weekends of football. We will catch you a little later this week. But, hey, for another episode, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.